You are Locked On Saints, your daily New Orleans Saints podcast, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day. What is good, Houdat Nation and Houdat family? Welcome in to this Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked On Saints, part of the Locked On Podcast Network, your team every day here every single Monday through Friday, five days a week, covering your New Orleans Saints. On today's episode, let's start off by catching up on the weekend with the New Orleans Saints. Our news and notes will consist of the Saints having a virtual meeting set up with an NC State defensive lineman. We'll talk a little bit about another assistant coach being hired away and the New Orleans Saints moving on from Nick Easton and two tight ends. We'll talk about what the salary cap looks like now. Then we've got some rumors that have been circulating about Quan Alexander. So let's talk about more specifically what can and can't happen with the former LSU linebacker and why it's pretty likely he'll actually still be in New Orleans next season. But even if not, there's a very good early crop of linebackers in this year's NFL draft. And Bentley Wiseman gifts one of them to the New Orleans Saints in this week's Mock Draft Monday over at the Draft Network. We'll recap the pick for the Saints, one that we've discussed before, but now let's take an even deeper dive. As always, I'm your host, Ross Jackson, at Ross Jackson, NOLA on Twitter, editor over at CanalStreetChronicles.com, and your Tuesday co-host over at the Locked On NFL podcast. We got all that and a little bit of land yet for you on today's episode of Locked On Saints, your team every day. Right, family, we are here back for another week here at Locked on Saints. As always, I thank you very much for joining us here for today's episode. And don't forget that we're here with you every single Monday through Friday. So if this is your first time catching the show, go ahead and subscribe so that we can get you caught up with everything going on with the New Orleans Saints every Monday through Friday here throughout the offseason because we ain't going nowhere, as they would say. All right, so let's go ahead and get started with our news and notes segment. This is just our quick catch up every Monday to get you caught up with everything that went on over the weekend with the New Orleans Saints. So let's start off with something that's actually upcoming, but the news broke this weekend. Thanks to our good friend, Justin Mello from over at the Draft Network. So there's a couple other places where he writes, does a really, really great job and has some phenomenal prospect interviews all throughout the offseason. Make sure you go and follow Justin on Twitter as well so you can keep up to date with everything that he's doing because he does a really, really good job. Justin M underscore NFL over on Twitter. All right, so let's jump into this. So Justin tweeted out yesterday that uh, Alim McNeil of NC State is going to be meeting with the New Orleans Saints in a few weeks, has already met with the Packers, Jets, Seahawks, Jaguars, and Colts in Zoom slash phone form, right? Of course, that's the way that all of these teams are going to be meeting with prospects over the offseason. So let's talk a little bit about McNeil because I think he's an interesting prospect. Six foot two, 320 pound nose tackle from North Carolina State, the Wolfpack. No real big surprise to see some interest in McNeil as well as some interest from McNeil to the Saints because, of course, that is where Ryan Nielsen, now New Orleans Saints defensive line and assistant head coach, was before the Saints brought him over to New Orleans. He was with NC State. So makes sense that there would be some mutual interest there. And we always see some of these NC State defensive linemen get in a little bit early with the New Orleans Saints because of exactly that. Now, let's take a look at McNeil. What has McNeil done over the three years over at NC State? So some of the statistics don't necessarily pop off of the charts for you. 10 sacks, 17 and a half tackles for a loss. It's over the course of the full three years. But 77 total tackles, which is pretty impressive for an interior defensive lineman. He's also got two career force fumbles, one 18-yard interception return for a touchdown here in 2020, as well as five batted passes. That's something, of course, that you like to see. 
He's projected to be a day two selection by most experts. He's played both inside and outside at different points of his collegiate career, came in at a much lighter frame coming in from high school. And with that, he played most of his snaps, essentially playing three tech with some snaps over tackle as well. He then bulked up and mostly occupied the A-gap, sort of one tech, zero tech uh, type play over his last two seasons in college. He bulked up, like we mentioned, but he kept his burst and explosion of that much lighter frame, drawn a lot of comparisons of South Carolina's defensive tackle, Javon Hargrave, now with the Eagles, formerly of the Pittsburgh Steelers. Very good player to draw uh, comparison to, and it mostly comes from their ability to be as mobile and explosive as they are at their size. That is the big selling point for McNeil. So he'll be a nose tackle at the next level, but his get-off and run-stopping ability, as well as his explosiveness and burst, are going to continue to elevate his status. So keep an eye out on Alim McNeil out of NC State as we move forward through the draft process here. Maybe a name to notch for your mock drafts, potentially moving into next week. All right, another assistant head coach has been hired away for the New Orleans Saints this time. It was defensive assistant Michael Wilhoyt. He was the special teams assistant in 2019, brought over to work with Darren Rizzi. He then moved over to a defensive assistant in 2020 and is now being hired away by the Los Angeles Chargers to take over as their new linebacker coach over on the defensive side. So he's moving to a positional coaching job there, which is a really, really good next step for him. It does not equate into third round compensatory picks for the New Orleans Saints, although he is a minority coaching candidate. He is not moving into either a head coach or GM position, therefore no compensatory picks for that. Uh, makes sense that he would move over to that linebacker position group, though, seven-year NFL linebacker, of course in uh, his career from 2011 to 2017. So he is now the fifth Saints either coach or staff member to depart this season. Dan Campbell, of course, heading over to the Lions along with Aaron Glenn, who uh, takes his promotion up to uh, defensive coordinator. Joe Lombardi, quarterback coach, moving over to the Chargers, become their offensive coordinator. And then Terry Fontenot, of course, headed over to the Atlanta Falcons to take over as their general manager. Expect more to be taken away from the New Orleans Saints, particularly the coaching assistants, as well as scouts. There's still time for Dan Campbell to do that over in Detroit, as well as Terry Fontenot and all of the other coaches around the NFL, because clearly the Saints coaching staff and staff members have become a desirable uh, commodity over and across the NFL. And finally, to wrap up our news and notes from the weekend, New Orleans has moved on from Nick Easton, as well as two tight ends. What does this mean? For the Saints' salary cap, let's talk about it. So offensive lineman Nick Easton and tight ends Jason Vanderlaan and Cole Wick were released. Now remember, Jason Vanderlaan and Cole Wick both opted out of last season. We talked about them just a few weeks ago where we talked about some easy cost-cutting measures. Both of these guys' name came up because they're both due over or around five hundred dollars to $600,000. So the combination of releasing both of them saves over a million dollars toward the salary cap. That sounds small. But every million counts when you're over $100 million over the salary cap. But of course, we're not too worried about that overage because the Saints always do a great job managing the salary cap. And here's another example of them doing it. So Nick Easton, they ended up just deciding essentially that his play did not meet the means at which they were paying him. So $5.87 million comes back to the New Orleans Saints after moving on from Nick Easton. Again, the combination of Jason Vanderlaan and Cole Wick, whose contracts from 2020, thanks to their opt-outs, told or delayed to 2021, they save a combination of, or in combination, over a million dollars. Breeze, of course, restructured his contract just a few uh, days ago, about a week ago, 
$24 million became available there crudely, right? 23.1, you know, something like that. Uh, but still, $24 million about became available there. And another $1.07 million can come to them if he does retire, as we expect, as long as they post it as a post-June 1 transaction. So before Valentine's Day hit this past weekend, the Saints freed up over $30 million in salary cap space. So they have done a very good job and have nearly knocked off a third of their overage less than a week after the Super Bowl. All right, y'all, coming up next, we're going to discuss Quan Alexander. Is he going to be released or is it more likely that he ends up with the New Orleans Saints again next year? I'll tell you why I think it's the second option there. We'll get to that here in just a moment on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. And don't forget that even though the NFL has already wrapped up, Football might be over, but the NBA, college basketball, and NHL are in full swing. So we want to recommend to you our good friends and our exclusive betting partners, betonline.ag, the fastest and easiest way for you to bet on all of your sports action. You're taking in all this knowledge with the Locked On Podcast Network. Now go and put it to use over at betonline.ag. They're also covering other things too, like awards, TV shows, reality TV. They've got real-time updated odds and props on almost everything you can imagine and more. BetOnline has you covered for all the news, scores, and odds, and it's the best way to place your bets And it's free to sign up over at betonline.ag. So head over to the website or use your mobile device to sign up today and make sure you use the promo code LOCKED ON to receive your 50% welcome bonus on your first deposit. Again, that's promo code LOCKED ON, 50% welcome bonus you're going to get with that promo code with your first deposit. Bet online, your online sportsbook experts. All right, family, don't miss the new Locked On Today podcast. Peter Bukowski hosts Locked On Today, the daily podcast breaking down all the biggest stories with analysis from the local experts. Start your day with all the sports news that you need in under 20 minutes. Subscribe to Locked On Today wherever you get your podcast. And as always, we ask, of course, that you subscribe here at Locked On Saints as well to make sure that you are up to date as the newest episodes drop every Monday through Friday. Today is Monday, so we'll be getting to our Mock Draft Monday segment coming up here in segment three. But first, I want to talk a little bit about this Quan Alexander news that I've kind of seen around. And, and usually I try not to draw too much attention to reports like this. I don't even call them reports, but to, to rumors like this. But a lot of people have been asking me about it, and it's just simply something we should discuss because I want you to understand the process a little bit more about how an injured player gets to free agency because it is not as simple as just cutting them willy-nilly. So let's talk a little bit about what's going on with Quan Alexander and why I think, as well as a lot of folks that I trust, think that Quan Alexander could end up back in New Orleans next season. Now, we should never say never. There's always a chance that they could move on, but there's some timeline things that we have to be aware of so that we all understand that this situation with Quan Alexander is not going to be resolved quickly. And it's certainly not going to be resolved before free agency opens up. However, there are ways that it can be worked out before then to still open up cap space in the time designated in which the team has to get under the salary cap, which is the first day of the league year, March 17th, without actually cutting Quan Alexander, because technically they can't. They can't just cut him. He's on injured reserve with an Achilles injury. In order for a team to move on from a player that's on injured reserve, that player has to pass a physical. And that physical, of course, is based upon what their injury was, can they, all these other things. Quan Alexander, highly unlikely, who's still wearing a boot at the moment and an air cast at that, an air boot at that, 
highly unlikely he's going to be able to pass a physical before March 17th. So the idea of him being released just isn't that likely. Usually you're talking about an Achilles injury. You're talking about a guy needing at least six months to really recover from that. Remember, we watched a couple of years ago Sheldon Rankins injure his Achilles in the playoffs at one point up against the Philadelphia Eagles the year before, and he was able to get back at some point during training camp before he was even allowed to get back on the field, and he was passing medical exams. So you have to keep that sort of time frame in mind for a guy like Quan Alexander, who, yes, may have gotten that injury earlier, but relies on lateral motion, sideline to sideline quickness, change of direction, quick burst. He relies on that ligament, that that area so much for him to be able to play his game, it seems unlikely he's going to be able to pass any kind of physical three months after the injury happened and a month from now, basically, right? A month and two days from today as we're talking on Monday, February 15th. So this this is what you should keep in mind. There is a way to sort of resolve uh, Quan Alexander's cap hit for 2021 before free agency, but it won't be by releasing him. It will be by, however, renegotiating his contract, not restructuring, not extending and kicking things down, kicking the can down the road, as they say. It's really all about renegotiating his contract and re-stipulating what he's being paid out because a 13 or so million dollar cap hit in 2021 and a 12 million dollar or so cap hit in 2022 just is not really scalable to what his level of play is likely going to be, nor is it going to be scalable to what he's going to be asked to do, even if healthy, right? Because he's asked to be essentially part of a rotation. And I think that rotation can become even more uh, let's just say prevalent or 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 common uh, as Zach Bond continues to develop. And if the Saints invest in linebacker again this offseason, whether through free agency or the draft, which I think they will do. So with that being the case, they're not going to want to spend double digits on this guy when they're paying when they're not even paying Demario Davis that much. Right. Who is on the field <laughs> nearly 100 percent of the time. So here's how you work with Quan Alexander's contract. You renegotiate with him to the point to where you land on a number that makes sense. That number might be $7 million. That number might be $5 million. Regardless, they're going to probably renegotiate him back down to double digits. $8 million or less would be around where I would expect him to end up. With that being the case, just renegotiating him down to an $8 million salary and an $8 million salary cap hit, all of a sudden, that's $5 million that you've saved. That's very good. The reason why I'm also bringing this up is because Quan Alexander has an injury guarantee on his contract that kicks in if he's on the roster in April. Again, the Saints can't cut him until he passes a physical. It is highly unlikely that he will pass any such physical and be released before April, meaning that his injury guarantee will kick in, which then means that the Saints have to pay him $2 million whether he's on the roster or not. With that $2 million already guaranteed to him, that's enough of a base salary. That's enough of a basis upon which to renegotiate a new contract to keep him in New Orleans and save money at the same time. It is completely doable. It seemed very likely that the Saints essentially moved and traded for him for a a, a half-year rental. It seemed like that was going to be the case. They were going to trade for him. They traded the conditional fifth round pick, which we're still not sure whether the conditions were met on that. The Saints may end up with that fifth round pick this year in the draft. We'll find out. And they traded Kiko Alonso, who essentially they were just offloading salary in order to be able to balance out and afford his 2020, uh, Kiko, uh, excuse me, Quan Alexander's 2020 cap hit. 
They essentially did that so they could have him for half a year in the playoffs and then cut him after the season. That's really what it felt like. But now with this injury guarantee, it makes it a lot easier to be able to say, hey, we're paying you no matter, we're paying this guy no matter what, right? Whether or not this guy's on the team. So we may as well try to work out a new deal with him in that case. So again, highly unlikely, highly, highly, highly unlikely that Quan Alexander is cut before the free agency period. There is a chance that he gets cut later. But again, just as a reminder, he has to pass a physical before you can do that. You can't just kick the guy out on the street and save $13 million. Does not work that way. So that's sort of what you're looking at when it comes to Quan Alexander. That's why I believe he'll probably be on the roster next season because there's already going to be a structure in place upon which to base a new contract. If that is the case, it's a good move for the Saints to keep a guy who is absolutely electrifying for them in terms of energy and play. And then we'll see where whether or not he lives up to his uh, 2020 standard, right? What he set for the New Orleans Saints after recovering from his injury. But if not, I still think that the Saints should invest in a linebacker position this offseason. And one guy helped us do that, Bentley Wiseman over at the Draft Network. He mocked a very, very good linebacker we've talked about before to the New Orleans Saints. So we'll talk about that next for our Mock Draft Monday segment here on today's episode of Locked on Saints, part of Locked on Podcast Network, your team every day. So Valentine's Day has just passed, but if you're still feeling the sweet tooth and want to be able to indulge in something delicious while being able to help out your body at the same time, I want to tell you about our friends at BuiltBar.com, the best tasting protein bar ever, ever. They'll never do it again. It's never been done before. It only exists right now. BuiltBar.com. Go and check them out. 18 amazing flavors that are even more deliciouser than they were before. They got 12 OG flavors, and they have six brand new flavors as well, including caramel brownie, cherry barcia, and apple almond crisp, and many, many others. These are great for the health-conscious person that's looking to lose or maintain weight because these bars are absolutely delicious, but they're low-calorie, low-sugar, high in protein, and high in fiber. Let's talk about, see, what's the sweet? Oh, a cookies and cream flavor, right? Sounds super, super sweet. Sounds like it's loaded with sugar sugar and wrong 17 grams of protein but only 130 calories four grams of sugar and four grams of net carbs let me tell you let me let me just make it just completely completely straight built bars are perfect go and check them out for yourself as well at builtbar.com use the promo code locked on and you'll get 20% off of your next order use promo code locked on for 20% off at builtbar.com Get it, Huda Nation. Don't forget to join the Draft Network's Trevor Sikama and Benjamin Solak over every weekday at the Locked On NFL Draft Podcast. Every Monday through Friday, Trevor and Ben are breaking down everything you need to know about the NFL Draft, including upcoming prospects and more. So go and check them out wherever it is you get your podcast. Subscribe to Locked On NFL Draft. And speaking of the NFL Draft, it is Mock Draft Monday, and we are taking a little bit of help here from our good friends over at the draft network as we do every monday taking a look at the newest mock draft and uh, talking about the selection for the new orleans saints so this week's mock draft monday comes from brintley weissman who is doing his mock draft 5.0 and for the new orleans saints at pick number 28 he has them going linebacker with the linebacker out of tulsa zavin collins now we've talked about zavin collins before but i thought okay 
We're talking about Quan Alexander. We're talking about the Saints needing to address linebacker over the offseason. There's a couple different reasons for that, right? We don't know what Quan Alexander is going to look like if he is back with the team next season. We don't know what the progress of Zach Bond is going to look like. We don't know if Alex Anzalone is going to be around. So still a position that the Saints should want to address, if nothing else but for depth. But of course, getting some young talent at that position to develop alongside Zach Bond, probably not a bad idea. And doing so in the draft, the first round offers a lot of opportunities. Nick Bolton out of Missouri, a guy like Zavin Collins. Maybe the Saints get lucky and a Jeremiah Owosu-Koromoa falls to them at 28 or they trade up for him, right? Like there's some really good opportunity for the Saints in the first round to be able to address this position. Zavin Collins, a linebacker out of Tulsa, a very good option for them. So let's talk a little bit about what it is that Brentley sees in Javon Collins fit for the New Orleans Saints. Collins, one of the most versatile defenders in this draft. He can play off the edge, stacked as an on-ball linebacker, i.e. a run defender, or line up in the second level as an off-ball linebacker, essentially playing in coverage. He offers a ton of athletic ability and playmaking upside on the defensive side of the football. And that was certainly his, let's call it claim to fame in 2020 with Tulsa. He was an absolute playmaker, had four interceptions on the season, as well as a couple of pass breakups as well. Uh, Returned two of those interceptions for a touchdown, a total of 152 return yards on those uh, four interceptions. He also had uh, two forced fumbles, a fumble recovery, and totaled up just 52, 54, excuse me, tackles on the season. But think about all of that happening in just eight games. And I think that's the thing that is the most important part. His level of production just so efficient over those eight games and really, really made them count. Now, he did miss eight tackles over those eight games. And one of the biggest knocks that you're going to hear about Zavin Collins is his missed tackles. Uh, Missed tackle percentage of 13.3% in 2020. But just to kind of put you at ease a little bit, that's not far away from what the Saints have been dealing with for quite a while at the second level. Last year, Alex Anzalone also missed eight tackles on 11 games. So, you know, a little bit more spread out, of course, but still a 12.8 missed tackle percentage. Quan Alexander, seven tackles on seven, uh, seven tackles missed on seven games with the Saints, 12.9% with New Orleans alone last season. And those 11 games for Alex Anzalone are the 11 games, including the playoffs where he played meaningful amounts of snaps, 22, 25 or more than that. So that's really what the Saints have kind of been dealing with already. And then, of course, you can look at a guy like Marcus Williams, who has vastly improved as a tackler, uh, particularly going into the 2020 season. And you maybe feel a little bit comfortable going with a young guy that maybe needs a little bit of help in tackling because of all the tacklers that you have elsewhere on the defense. So I think that that really helps you deal with kind of the biggest issue when it comes to Zayvon Collins is that it's something that's workable. And honestly, it's the league average. It's the league average across the NCAA, according to Pro Football Focus. So he's not performing too terribly poorly at all in that uh, in that area. However, where he does perform very well is the combination of pass rush as well as in coverage. Not only did he have the four interceptions last year, he also had four sacks last season, seven and a half tackles for a loss, 25 over his career uh, in Tulsa, the three years that he played there. So I think that that's something that you can really look at in terms of what they asked Quan Alexander to do, for instance, as a nickel linebacker, and feel pretty good with what you're asking a guy like maybe Zavin Collins to come in and fill if he were to earn a starting role or at least rotate opposite or beside Demario Davis. You're talking about a guy who played 51 pass rushing snaps last year, 
right around an average of six or seven per game. Quan Alexander did pretty close to the same average, right around five pass rushing snaps per game, including three games where he had eight of those uh, against the Atlanta Falcons, where the Saints racked up eight total sacks in that game. And then, of course, also against Philly and Kansas City. Philly, not so great, but Kansas City, they put a lot of pressure on Patrick Mahomes and did a pretty good job over on the defensive side in that one, aside from the short yardage situations in terms of red zone possessions. So you look at what it is that Zayvon Collins brings to you in that area of the game where you do struggle, which has been in the red zone. He's six foot four, 260 pounds and moves like he's a modern day linebacker. So he's built like a classic linebacker, but moves like a, like a linebacker in today's game. And being six foot four, he is a pain in the butt for any quarterback to try to throw over when he's prowling the second level. And that's the way that he's gotten a few of those pass breakups and forced incompletions that don't end up showing up on the stat sheet because of the trajectory of throws that he forces with his size over the middle of the field. So you take away, you take away large areas of the field and the inability to really work and stretch the field in the red zone. And then you add a six foot four linebacker right in the middle of that. And maybe he gives you a little bit of help and gives you an element that you didn't necessarily have in the recent pass in 2020 uh, in defending the red zone, particularly the pass. And he moves quickly. He played a bunch of snaps at slot corner. He's one of these guys that has played a whole bunch of different positions. You know how much I like that. He played quarterback, linebacker, and safety when he was in high school. So he has a ton of mobility. He actually ran for more touchdowns in high school. Imagine that. Then he threw 54 rushing touchdowns to 32 passing touchdowns during that time. So he has been a playmaker his entire career, no matter where he is. You see that really run through his play style. You see what he can do as a pass rusher as well. I've talked a lot about him in coverage, but he's got edge rusher moves when he's a pass rusher. So you can also use him as a guy that can put some additional pressure on opposing offenses. He's really just, forgive me for using the phrase again, but he's a playmaker. And that's one of the reasons why I like him very, very much. He, to me, feels like probably my top selection at number 28. If Kadarius Toney from, from the wide receiver from Florida is already off the board. And even then, it's kind of a 1A, 1B type situation. I'm a big fan of Zayvon Collins. Love the idea of him going to the Saints at number 28. And we'll see if he actually makes it there come time for the Saints in April when the NFL draft opens up. And we'll see, if, of course, if the Saints feel as high on him as I do if he's on the board when they select. April 29th. All right, y'all, that is going to do it for today's episode, our Mock Draft Monday episode of Locked on Saints. As always, I thank you very much for being here and for coming through. Make sure that you come back throughout the rest of the week. We're still here Tuesday through Friday, Monday through Friday, every single week. Tomorrow, we're going to dive into our Twitter Tuesday. So you have any questions, you can follow me over on Twitter at Ross Jackson Nola. And I'll go ahead and answer as many as possible throughout the day and keep you up to date with the news and notes of the day as well as we continue to cover all the news going on with the New Orleans Saints here all off season. Thank you very much again, everybody, as always, for coming through. Once again, I'm Ross Jackson. You can follow me on Twitter at Ross Jackson, N-O-L-A. Hit me up. Let me know how the family's doing. Let me know how you're living. Let me know how you're momming them. Tell your friends, family, and fellow Saints fans about the show. And if you haven't already, please take a moment to subscribe. Drop that five-star rating and review. I thank you so much for all your support. And for helping me grow this family, this has been Locked on Saints and Trust to that Nation. I'll holla at you.